0: Is it possible, as some ancient astronaut theorists believe, that this is Finding Monster, right? The show about finding monsters, right? Possibly.
1: Ancient astronaut theorist, Allie. I'm action. I'm
0: action. I see Adam. Huh? What? And this is... I gotta go to normal voice. Hi. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, thanks for asking. I'm not. You know why.
1: <laughs> uh, is that because of our, our topic of this week?
0: Yes. It's because of XXX terrestrial beings. The god of love is real and dead.
1: A big relevation that's uh, shaking the foundation of our program. (laughs)
0: Relevation. The Book of Relevations. (laughs) (laughs) We're punchy today. We're punchy today because we're reviewing... uh, We're not reviewing. We don't review shit. This is not a review show. But uh, (laughs) No,
1: it's a show about monsters. And specifically, monsters can be all kinds of things. They can be in the past.
0: They can be from space.
1: They can be from the past and from space. Ancient aliens. Yeah, we're
0: talking ancient aliens uh, today uh, For those of you who live under a rock Because it's the hot new sensation of the summer uh, Of the past like 17 years that they've been running this damn program But on the History Channel there's a sh- Is it, Has it been that long, really? It has been that long, though <laughs> Eric Von Deineken has never been a young man That's <laughs> true uh, so, uh, it's a show on the History Channel where they say that everything that has ever happened is because of aliens, and it all started with a book on Adam's bookshelf.
1: Uh, Chariots of the Gods? <laughs> There's a question mark at the end, so I, I'm pretty sure that's how I'm supposed to pronounce it.
0: Yes, the M.O. of the show is, ask a question, the answer is yes, therefore, new question, the answer is yes, therefore, aliens.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's, a. Uh... Uh, and I will say this book by Eric Von Dineken follows the very same format of the of the program, where even the cover has, uh, did astronauts visit the Earth 40,000 years ago? Is there evidence of prehistoric airfield in the Andes? Did extraterrestrial beings help set up the giant stone faces that brood over Easter Island? And other
0: Earth mysteries unanswerable until our own space age. What it is, is it's the narrator for this show saying... Things like divine, or as some would say, extraterrestrial beings. He always hits that middle syllable. I caught extraterrestrial beings, otherworldly, metaphysical, celestial. That's just how he says things. And it's over, like, the most important music you've ever heard in your life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and it's, uh, I will say the the show's effective in a lot of ways that uh, I find as a writer (laughs) is very, like, ooh, that is a fun theoretical to deposit here in some kind of made-up sci-fi fantasy world. Mm. Uh, but no, it's often... In the, 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 not, it's not the twist at the end of a Twilight Zone episode. It's, the, uh, it's just like, no, this really happened. But yeah, I, I will say the, uh, the narrator, Robert Clotworthy, mm-hmm. um, I uh, attempted to reach out to him for this, uh, this particular episode or program. Oh my God. I thought it'd be really amazing if he, uh, if he could uh, narrate the, the intro for us. Uh, he, uh, he has not gone back to me.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that would be tight, though. Yeah. It's also, he, yeah. like, he, one of his other catchphrases is, like, mainstream archaeologists contend, or, like, mainstream scholars contend that X. However, ancient astronaut theorists have a more profound explanation. Or like, right. profound, astonishing And it's like The more of this emotion The Statement engenders in you The more likely it is to be correct I don't know if there's like a word <laughs> For this emotion in the English language But I can reduce it to two words And those are, whoa, dude So <laughs> Yeah, yeah
1: It's mind-blowing,
0: right? Yeah, uh, TV Tropes calls this Arkham's Razor, where it's The weirdest explanation is correct um, Let's play on Occam's Razor, which is the simplest explanation is correct. It, it, you may have heard it worded like, if you hear hoofbeats, think horse, not zebra. Occam's Razor says, if you hear hoofbeats, think zombie space zebras, not horse. Oh, good, good, uh, good poll there. The more woe dude uh, you get, the more likely it is to be true.
1: And, and I will say that I don't want to spend too much of this episode uh, doing the obvious thing, which is uh, debunking uh ancient aliens and chariot of the gods yeah because uh because uh plenty of people have have done that just fine it's all over over youtube they, there's people that like break down episodes like piece by piece uh there's there are books about this book uh mm-hmm. such as uh, uh by clifford wilson crash go the chariots <laughs> Damn. In, in in 1972 and uh what else there is was uh uh, a book by Kenneth Federer called "Frauds, Myths, and Mysteries." Oh yeah
0: yeah yeah no I've uh, I've listened to him on Monster Talk he's great.
1: Yeah yeah so p- other people have like basically like p- word by word taking this uh, th- this book apart and that's not what I'm interested in doing here today. <laughs> I want to do the the more challenging aspect is let's kind of ch- take this book as gospel, <laughs> as our Bible, <laughs> uh, breaking down this. Uh, Uh, this world of ancient astronauts and reach the conclusion uh that can help us inform us on this our our valentine's day special of this year yes because ali i don't know if you know but there are goddess gods and goddesses of love out there oh really
0: and according to this book they're real and if the gods and goddesses (laughs) if ancient peoples worshipped these beings as gods and goddesses of love is it possible that they were extraterrestrial beings? And if so, is it possible that they were real? And if so, is it possible that they can get me laid? Ancient astronaut theorists, say yes. Thank God. My God. I want to run through my other notes about the program that I saw really quick. Okay, please, uh,
1: <laughs> let's f- fill us in. Because like I said, this book often reads like uh, like page by page of what the, the episodes are like. A novelization.
0: Hmm. So... Uh, First off, like, ancient alien theory gets Or ancient astronaut hypothesis, I guess Debunked, skeptical, whatever Uh, it's It gets accused of racism a lot Like, oh, these primitive non-white peoples Couldn't have possibly done things that white people do today duh, duh, duh. It's also, like, the stuff that I saw on Ancient Aliens They did also talk about, like, people from medieval Europe Not being able to do shit, so it's all the racism yes but also kind of like an anti the past ism yeah yeah like our ancestors were dummies hypothesis i
1: i will also say that uh uh some of the the theories posited later in the book made me and this might be just me drinking too much of the kool-aid of it <laughs> and i was like oh okay i because i used to think a lot of it was like that it's the like you know oh ancient people were dumb human couldn't innovate at all but
0: it, he brings it around a little bit towards the end we'll get to that mm. uh another point is starting every scene with location date <laughs> germany 1964 eric von danicken writes a book that sets the world on fire every uh
1: every chapter of this book starts off with like hard facts and then it loosely translates over to but what if, like pseudo science bullshit, and then it p- throws questions that it doesn't feel like exploring, and then r- rinse and repeat throughout the whole book?
0: Direct quote from the episode I saw from Giorgio Socolos, who is uh, the guy with crazy hair from the memes, who knows he has yeah. the crazy hair from the memes and is playing it up, which is lovely. But uh, many times with treasure maps, you have a missing piece. Like he knows. Like he's a treasure map. Like he's a real archaeologist. He was a bodybuilder. He was a bodybuilding promoter. Like is it? Is it a treasure map? You have all the pieces? No. It was many times with the treasure map. You have a missing piece. Yeah. Yeah. In like books for children, Georgie. Yeah. Is that a tree? No. It's a building. <laughs> like what
1: guy? He's playing. He's watching uh, Peter Pan and friends with his uh, kids.
0: Yeah, so that's the level that we're talking about here. And uh, I also noticed that one of the guests, uh, their um, credentials were archivists at Joseph Campbell Archives. And it strikes me that Joseph Campbell, hero with a thousand faces, monomyth, you know, I, some random white guy who loves the Nazis in the 1940s am in charge of all of human mythology and I can explain it in this monomyth that definitely graphs all human stories to it. Don't look it up, but it's true. One simple explanation for everything. Mm -hmm. That's the common thread there. It's conspiratorial thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the, uh, there's gotta be one answer here. (laughs) I, there, there's a,
0: I'll, I'll pull it up later. What else you got? uh are you, there is a rhetorical technique called the gish gallop
1: i have uh, heard of this
0: yeah this is basically like keep throwing nonsense things like i was writing down so many things on my whiteboard here like the shroud of turin and and like the <laughs> uh like the gobekli gobekli tepe i don't remember how to pronounce it and the nazca lines i don't remember how to pronounce any of these because like my brain is at a hot zero like, I've just yeah, been overwhelmed with too many things to possibly debunk all at once.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like they... What they do is they say, okay, look, let's just say this is all, like, bullshit. There's, like, a 1% chance that this is possible. Well, here's a hundred other things. And let's say it's a 1% chance for for all of them. That means that there's a 100% chance when you sum them all up that this is real. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it does not work like that dog. <laughs>
0: It's true. That's how they do it. So, uh, I'm going to do two truths and a lie with you, Adam. Yeah, okay. Okay, two of these are true things that I saw on Ancient Aliens. True claims that I saw on Ancient Aliens. And one of them is a claim that I made up. Okay, got it. Okay, so. Number one. Ancient astronaut theorists believe that the Blarney Stone in Ireland was an artifact blessed by extraterrestrial beings to give eloquence to people through psychic energy
1: huh well uh, that, that, that makes sense I've, I've seen the Blarney stone and uh, those uh, you know it, does, it looks like a regular stone but it's weird enough that people could say ancient astronauts uh, were responsible so okay, okay okay Oh, what's the next one
0: option two metal hats metal has been important throughout all of human history because it connects people to aliens through psychic energy
1: Okay, so it's, it's also psychology like the first one, and metal is important to humans, so maybe it's a, yeah, I, I, could, see, uh, I could see the parallels there.
0: They were talking about the okay. hats specifically, though. Yeah, the hats. Mothman is actually a drone sent to collect psychic energy from dying planets, and that's why he's attracted to disasters. And also, he's all black because he floats through space like a solar sail. Is the Metal Hats one fake? No, the Mothman one is fake.
1: Okay, just... I, you know, that's like a win-win for me. Like, yeah. you know, I could have guessed Mothman. I thought it was pretty good. But in my heart of hearts, I kind of wanted the Mothman
0: thing to be a real topic. It is real. I made, I made it up. You can honestly... It's so easy. It's so easy. Why am I not making money off of this? I'm
1: so dumb. As an ancient astronaut theorist myself...
0: Yeah. In the same way that I'm a Pokemon theorist. I have a de- I have a bachelor's degree. That's more than any of these people have. <laughs> I could just say that, like, yeah, Mothman's a space drone. Like, I came up with that idea, and I was like, that fucking rules. I can already picture the CGI of like a bunch of Mothmans in space.
1: Yeah, I have the same higher learning credits as Bill Nye the Science Guy. I think I can, I can, I can say things that aren't true.
0: Yeah, like Adam, give me like a historical fact or a piece of mythology or just like anything that has ever happened, like something that happened to you today or something, and I will connect it to aliens.
1: Okay, uh, let's see. So today, uh, <laughs> all right, this, this happened last week. I, uh, I I went to buy like a like a sandwich at this new sandwich shop. I was I was ready for a uh, uh, like a sausage and peppers, but they didn't have sausage, so I panic ordered a. Uh, a meatball sub uh the meatball sub i accidentally tipped 100 percent for and it took about 30 minutes to come out which is weird because i've never tipped 100 percent before and i don't recommend it <laughs> it was <laughs> uh it was not it was a delayed uh meal and then what i got it, there was like two meatballs in it all together it was i was i felt really uh really uh ripped off so that, that's an event that happened to me
0: how was it aliens is it possible, as some ancient astronaut theorists believe, that extraterrestrial beings took some of this combination of meat and flour and little inclusions of peppers and shit as part of their genetical experiments to create life to colonize other planets? Something about the chemical interaction of the or the ingredients of a sausage or a meatball were, drove the aliens to abduct those DNA samples, and in the meantime, creating enough psychic interference to make Adam accidentally tip 100%. In no cultures in the past, has there ever been a reason for
1: bread (laughs) to come together? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, this is the work of some greater power.
0: So anyway uh somewhere in europe the 1960s i said i was more specific earlier but come to think of it probably not eric von Tanniken writes a book that sets the world on fire which is what the aliens can actually do i want them to step on me extraterrestrial beings
1: uh we have not reached the monster fucker part of this program we'll we'll be there soon you'll hear an alarm okay uh, but yes, no, I have uh, sitting here on my desk the 22nd printing of this book. <laughs> Keeps coming up with new stuff. It's easy.
0: Did yeah, you get to the part about sausages?
1: <laughs> Not yet. Ah. Uh, but it's why the, the, the second, the first printing was in 1971 and this printing was in like 1973. Mm. Oh my God. So he just like, people keep wa- keep wanting more of this. He's like surprised. Uh, The actual first draft of this was rejected by various publishers, according to the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I bet. So, it was rewritten by its editor, Wilhelm Rogersdorf, which is a (laughs) pen name for another guy named Wilhelm. My name is
0: Wilhelm Rogersdorf. Dorf. 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 (laughs) Rogersdorf. That is a name with, like, six ellipses in it. Yeah. So...
1: Uh, yeah, I I basically wrote down a couple like major chapters and events that happen across here. Uh, I I, I want to highlight that at no point has has Eric ever been a young man. <laughs> All of this is written very with an old voice, hmm. like he and he's like something like ninety nowadays, I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was this is written. This is a fifty-year-old book. Adam and he talks about uh, yeah. Is it possible? That Eric it's, Von Daniken... yes, it's possible? Oh. Let's just let's not zoom into it anymore. Okay, continue. <laughs> but he talks about like uh Jules Verne, the grandfather of all science fiction. Uh,
0: his fantasies
1: are no longer science fiction; they are uh, they're reality.
0: They are science fact, which is a way that people always put it, and every time it drives me right up a wall.
1: <laughs> which is funny because he's saying this like you know two years after the uh, the moon landing. Mm. So he, he he's very much like. Uh, part of this you can feel he's speculating into the future about like oh what's going to come and some things he's kind of he's kind of a little right on uh other times he's uh, he's a little further
0: off i think the space race engendered a lot of enthusiasm about space and like uh technology and science and stuff that uh like around the 60s and 70s and everything the 19 i think it's 1964 or it's mariner 4 i forget but sometime in the 1960s, they sent a probe to take the first pictures of Mars. And, like, up until they got the first pictures back, they were like, there might be some life on Mars. Oh, yeah. And then they got those pictures yeah. back, and it's, like, just regular Mars. And, like, imagine how big of a bummer that is, just to hear, like, a definitive no.
1: <laughs> right. And uh, Eric er was very much on the side of, like, you know, uh- oh, Mars is, like, right there, and it's totally inhabitable. Maybe we came from there. Maybe we could, we'll go there sometime really, really soon.
0: Ah, uh, there it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of the, uh, like, you know, uh, he, he does this thing. Uh, it's that 1% thing that I mentioned earlier, where he's like, all right, look, uh, let me break down the science for you. <laughs> there's, like, 10 to the 12 power number of stars. We know that. And of those, we figure that there's, like, 10 to the 8 power of planets so, so if that, that can't be true <laughs> yeah I, I his numbers are antiquated and uh inaccurate on top of that 10 to the 8th planets for every star <laughs> <laughs> no no it, it like of inhabit uh, planets that are around stars okay not every star has a planet but i figure figure there's that many planets and look i know that's a lot so let's say one percent of those have the conditions for life and 1% of those have the conditions for intelligent life. And 1% of those, who, let's say that they, they, that intelligent life has the technology, the advanced technology to reach us. That's like 180 planets. Hmm. <laughs> that was his number. There's 180 of them.
0: Wait, that's not how so, 10 to the 8th works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so he, he breaks them down like that and... It's, it's largely, it's a lot of that stuff throughout this book. I want to pull, like, specific examples, but they're, uh... <laughs> he gets, he gets really weird really quick. On page, like, fucking 11, he talks about how... Uh, he changes his point of view. He says, like, okay, look, we are advancing into space. One day, we might travel out to these, uh, these foreign lands. <laughs> these inhabitable planets. What does this, like... How would we get there? What happens when we get there? Uh, quotes: Our astronauts would try to tre- teach the natives the simplest form of civilization Oof. and some moral concepts in order to make them uh, develop a social order, if possible. Ah. A few specially selected women like. would be fertilized by the astronauts. <laughs> Page 11. Page <laughs> 11. Thus, a new race would arise that skipped a stage in natural evolution. I'm a gog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why are we more evolved than the aliens? Why? Are... I don't. I don't know why. Why? Why is he just taking for granted? Like, yeah, the, the people will fuck the aliens and make the, a few select alien women. Like, we don't, they don't have gender. They, they're like fungi and they have like 8 million different sexes and any two of them can reproduce or something. Like, we don't know. They're in space, Eric. They're not animals. They're not from Earth. We can't fuck them and make babies out of them. Yeah,
1: he's very, very keen on that read of aliens. Is that like, oh yeah,
0: they're like humans. Why? Precisely. Because you've been watching too much fucking Star Trek where it's just a guy in a suit. <laughs> Or it's yeah, a guy yeah. with like a a piece of p- tissue paper glued to his face, and he's like, "Maybe our people can find peace." Gloop, gloop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, other times he points out, like, uh, you yeah, know, he has a whole chapter about uh, stories from the Bible, and uh, you know how uh, that's like, ah, clearly this is an account of extraterrestrial inhabitants. You know, there's like five episodes of Ancient Aliens about this, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, no, listen here. He says back then there's giants on the earth. Uh, the the Nephilim lived here. They they bred with humans. They there's these angel humans walking around, and he's like, yeah, that's all. That's true. So it's like, okay. Not only are you saying that these half races formed, but there was also it was giants
0: and humans. Now, is it possible, as some ancient astronaut theorists, i.e., me, believe <laughs> that these Nephilim referred not to uh, human like beings, but rather haired creatures? That walked around on two feet, like the modern Sasquatch stories. Because who else is yeah. a crazy, horny, ninety-year-old? Uh,
1: I, th- I think what, who you're referring to is our good friend of, of the show, good friend and mortal enemy, Robert W. Morgan. Robert, wish I knew a bit more about aliens, Morgan.
0: <laughs> Robert, otherworldly Morgan.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think he and and Eric von dyken was being uh, really good friends. Honestly, I ship it. <laughs> I, I, I ship it too. Yeah, yeah, friendship. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. But early in the book, especially, is that kind of erasure of human uh, culture and advancement, <laughs> where it, it, mm-hmm. he's just like, look, there's this really, really detailed map called the uh, Piri Reese maps, and when they were made, like, it, it's crazy accurate. Like, it looks like it was taken from space. This map, this map image. It looks like it was based off photographs in space. N- no way, <laughs> citation needed, no way <laughs> that, that humans could have done this, made up, a map this good. When Occam's Razor, they can. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> they were just really good with their tools at the time. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he, the positive of like, you know, the fact that we have good maps means that there are, <laughs> people's got a bird's eye view of this. Same thing with the Nazca lines. It's like, look, who are they making these pictures of the monkey up for? <laughs> <laughs> like, look, the, the, the picture of the monkey means nothing f- to them. And then, of course, yeah, actually from the nearby hill, you can see that the Nazca lines are, were totally visible. <laughs> it, 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 part of the theorist mindset is the throwing out. Like, the, the there's too many babies in with this bathwater. I only need one baby to make my point. Let, let's throw out
0: most of it. I only need one baby to make my point. <laughs> Why is he whatever that accent is? He's German. I'll throw with a thousand babies.
1: It makes people believe in aliens. <laughs> he has some pretty, uh, pretty claims, uh, crazy claims in here. You know, he talks about the historic flood, of course. Mm-hmm. The historic uh, the one, in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his opinion of religion's pretty. Uh, I would call it a uh, naive. Really? So he he hopes that uh interactions with aliens, uh, will bring about world peace. That's cute. It won't.
0: Yeah. It'll bring about alien racism. Uh, quotes.
1: Meanwhile, with the space age, the intellectual day of judgment comes ever nearer. The theological clouds will evaporate, scattered like shreds of mist. With a decisive step into the future, into the universe, we, will, we shall have to recognize that there are not two million gods, not 20,000 sects, not 10 great be- religions, but only one.
0: <laughs> space gods? <laughs> aliens <laughs>
1: yeah uh, aliens uh, that's he thinks that uh aliens are responsible for all religions and all like all religious tales all mythologies are reflections of things that these ancient aliens did when they were here there's no independent thinking no uh no conjuring no uh like different deities that
0: different reasons for deities it's all because of aliens well, the part where it's like, there's not 20 million gods. And it's like, how do you know there's not 20 million aliens? Because some of them told us how to make nukes, and then some of them told us not to use nukes.
1: Yep. There's something to that claim that I want to highlight here. Mm. And that is how our, uh, the goddess of love uh, has changed shapes in Greek mythology over the years. Mm. Uh, where I'm talking, of course, about Aphrodite. Specifically considering that particular goddess of love. Yes. Well, uh, here's the thing. Aphrodite was not always Aphrodite. Really? Uh, Astarte was the goddess that inspired her as uh, her kind of worshippers traveled across Greece Mm -hmm. Uh, over like about a 500-year period uh, from uh, 1450 BCE to the nine hundreds, is when this was uh, kind of evolution happened. As it goes up, like the goddesses have more uh, features to them. Astarte was more about like kind of justice, but was also about love.
0: And Nana is also. Are you gonna? Uh-huh. Were you gonna mention? Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I was actually gonna go up to Ishtar.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, which, if you yeah continue up that path, it's like yeah, no. Uh, from a start, uh, uh, a start, to, you go up to Ishtar, who very similar goddess of fertility, love, uh, war, and and uh, justice. Uh, imagine that there is a. <laughs> An ancient
0: alien events that inspired one god that travels through the world. Yeah, you know? well, there's also like going further up the tree. There's Inanna, who is a uh, I think Mesopotamian or Sumerian deity who like is for some reason really popular in the trans community <laughs> among like oh. yeah among like <laughs> former Christian kids who have kind uh. of lost faith there because uh, there is one passage in there saying that basically from, like, thousands of years BC that trans people exist and that they're better than other people, I guess, or something. I don't know. Goddess said so. (laughs) Goddess. Yeah. And, you know, then, like, Aphrodite herself goes on to inspire, like, different uh, goddesses, like Venus in Roman mythology, and also, Uh like, some bits and pieces of her were taken for, like, depictions of Mary in Christianity. Also I think Astarte is from the same pantheon as Yahweh and Asherah, or something like that.
1: Yeah, and you can even look at the uh, the pantheon that uh, Aphrodite's in and say like, you know, oh yeah, and her uh, you know, son Eros, mm-hmm. who uh, we as you know nowadays were uh, depicted
0: as Cupid, right, the Roman name.
1: Uh, that that's it. For some reason that that's the one that sticks. What did those Romans do to to make their their legacy so so so
0: sticky? Is it possible as some ancient astronaut theorists believe <laughs> that ancient Romans had access to ancient alien technology like laser guns from space wars the uh,
1: the Mediterranean sea 12 <laughs> 800 BC the uh, uh, roman fire lit up the, the water
0: what fire can lit up water aliens plasma <laughs> the grocery store last week adam's ordering a meatball <laughs> this
1: this was the <laughs> This was the writer's room, by the way. Oh, yeah. They, they just bullet point, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. done. They all talk in that voice. <laughs> they 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 actually have uh, ancient astronaut technology, but it's only to produce, like, AI
0: script readings for <laughs> for this guy to do. That's why they all sound the same. Ancient aliens could be written by ChatGPT and no one would notice. No, it's... Is it possible as some ancient astronaut theorists contend... <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, yeah uh, so a lot of this, uh, I was sharing this with you earlier in the week, but a lot of this book is written with just just conspiracy voice. Like the first paragraph is just like, uh, "Listen, uh, come close, come close to the fire. <laughs> listen to these words that I will tell you. You will not believe them. You'll be made fun of. You'll be laughed out of existence. I'm doing it now. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, here's, here's a fun quote. I quote, why are the oldest libraries in the world secret libraries? What are people really afraid of? Are they worried that the truth, protected and concealed for so many thousands of years, will finally come to light? Research and progress cannot be held back. For 4,000 years, the Egyptians considered their gods to be real beings. In the villages, we still killed witches. <laughs> In our burning ideological zeal, the belief that ancient Greeks, that they could tell the future from the goose entrails, is out of date today as convention of... yeah Time changes. Perspectives change. You're laughing at me now, but in 50 years, you'll be laughing at me, but for different content. I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good. Books will live in 50. Oh, yeah. Um. But anyway, so Aphrodite's real. Aphrodite's real. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's assume that
1: Aphrodite is uh, a real being, goddess. What? <laughs> is it possible some so, international
0: theorists contend that Aphrodite is yeah, real yeah, yeah, and if so, yeah. is she a real goddess of love and if so, is she for Spaceman and if so, can she get me fucking pussy? Or dick? Both, actually. There's a, a hermaphroditus. There's a, a Hermaphrod of Venus. Um, there's a hermaphroditic Venus statue somewhere out there. Nice. Yeah, progressive. Very progressive of ancient Rome.
1: Yeah. Um, to, to tie it all together, uh, he had one theory in this book that I thought was actually kinda good. Mm. Uh he talks about the the Egyptian pyramids like you know, like you do. Uh like like most of the ancient like I think the pilot episode of Ancient land is, is just about the pyramids and how all this Egyptian stuff means that they could to build this on their own. They could, they did. But <laughs> they couldn't. His big <laughs> point was like, why would why would a, a king that dies uh why would he, he want this big thing built of him? That he was not even there to enjoy.
0: Because he's an asshole and he's afraid of death.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, he was. But he connected that to how in modern days we have uh, the technology to uh, freeze people, dead people, but uh, freeze them into the future uh, so that maybe one day they'll be able to be defrosted and kind of uh, reanimated, brought back to life. And he, he compares this to how uh, deep space travel would require hibernation pods. So, basically saying, like, what if, like, these kings, like, mummified themselves and kind of, like, after seeing some of these hibernation pods and saying, like, you know, maybe I, my body can be preserved so that one day I could be brought back. Which uh, I thought was k- kind of, like, you know, neat. Of all the points in this hundred and fifty page book, that one was kind of neat i I see where he's coming from with that. I thought it was was a o k it was was interesting counterpoint what if no <laughs> yeah that, as you can do with the entire contents of this book and the whole show, all hundred plus
0: episodes you can do that with the entire show and the entire book, but it doesn't how it doesn't make as much of like a woe dude moment It doesn't score yeah. as high on the woe dude so it's not as true.
1: So what I'm saying is that Aphrodite, ancient astronauts, she came from a different world. She traveled here and her ship landed. She said
0: trans rights as she was crashing to earth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Trans rights. Maybe that's why there's not really a Christian version of Aphrodite or Inanna is because they so clearly said trans rights.
1: That's possible. Yeah. Uh, uh, Aphrodite in mythology was a bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for here? uh a boss bitch <laughs> she was uh she was making scenes she was accusing people she was causing all kinds of trouble uh she was the cause of the, the trojan war
0: like most of the other gods to be fair
1: yeah yeah uh, they were all up to no good so uh, she's no exception here but i do think it's fun to kind of say that uh hey what if <laughs> this ancient person from another world is like a human they have an emotional response to, to things they're they're imperfect,
0: they look like they, human people for some reason, yeah, yeah, or
1: as I just, as I just, as I just believe uh that's that's why there's humans here because they because of the aliens, oh right, and not are apes also here because of the aliens, yeah, you see, there's also like they like they buddy up like godzilla and and Kong, and they travel together, the apes and the and the uh, the humans they, they actually travel with each ape along the evolutionary period. Mm. What about monkeys?
0: Yeah. What about it's like, mammals? It's
1: like you know that one episode of Pokemon where they have like the the Squirtle squad, like the Blastoise squ- group, and the the Turtle gang. It's it's like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All the different evolution ones are different levels of firefighting.
0: Is it possible, as some ancient astronaut theorists believe, that Blastoise is an alien? Where else would he get the guns from? Why doesn't he look like War Turtle? These are the real questions.
1: Is it possible to obtain the bubble beam Tia before Mount Moon?
0: Is it possible, as some ancient astronaut theorists believe, that if you use strength on the truck by the S S N, you will find a, <laughs> you will find Mew. Bring it a full circle. Is it possible, as my uncle who works at Nintendo, would contend?
1: (laughs) Is it possible that Sans is Ness and always has been? (laughs)
0: Uh. Is it possible that I found this old copy of a game called Pokemon Purple at a garage sale and I put it in my Game Boy and when I got to Lavender Town it said that my brain was gonna eat its own butt?
1: Is it possible to find the godstone in the Seafoam Islands? It's our Pikachu, it's a Blue.
0: Is it possible that when you eat a green <laughs> potato chip, you die?
1: Oh, uh, okay. So. Uh, Just yeah, no. bringing it back to second grade
0: cafeteria stuff.
1: I, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, there is no version of uh, an ancient astronaut. There's no, like, uh, like, Aphrodite showing up and stuff like that. If. If that, if that did occur, if all this did go down, this creature would have a very human lifespan,
0: right? Well, maybe they have the technology to, you know, live forever stuff, like maybe they know how to stop genetic aging. Maybe they don't even have genetics, you know, maybe they're a computer sent, maybe they're just like a a robot or like a crystal gem construct, Steven Universe style, sent from a more powerful biological species, or not more powerful, but older that uh, couldn't make it, you know, beyond a certain point because the universe is just so vast and interstellar travel is so limited and a species only lives for so long that they created these artificial constructs to spread their message of peace and also destruction and also everything that's ever happened throughout the universe. And as they spread throughout that universe, their message becomes less clear because of that adaptive radiation of ideology. And that's why that you have so many contradictions in the ancient astronaut lore. It's actually explained, as some ancient astronaut theorists would contend, by the ancient astronaut theory, which is real. Ah. Also, SpongeBob is real, and he loves me.
1: He just uh, commented for the Super Bowl yesterday.
0: <laughs> what so, happened in the Super Bowl uh, I... yesterday? Wasn't there some commercial where Jesus had a foot fetish?
1: Uh, yeah, I I didn't I didn't watch it. I just heard hearsay and saw the highlight reel on on Twitch, uh, Nickelodeon. Showed the Super Bowl, ah. and and like and they had like VTubers of like SpongeBob and Patrick like talking about like like, like doing color commentary. It was pretty amazing. I kind of hate it. Well, you know, it's like you know SpongeBob voiced by Tom Kenny, an actual comedian, so he's like dropping bits. Oh, okay. He's doing good. Yeah, he's doing good jokes. All right. uh, like you know they, they they fumble the ball and and Patrick's like firmly
0: grasp it, you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the meme.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, dropping memes. You know, it's fun. Uh but anyway, yes, no, uh, I I see what you're saying is that uh it's one of those things it's like when you can
0: just make it up. <laughs> yeah. Like a- anything's possible. I'm gish galloping you right now as we speak to take you off topic from the episode.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And let me tell you, this is <laughs> while well, I am happy that I read the book, I am not happy that I did, that I uh did not finish uh, <laughs> listening to Sphere on audiobook by Michael Crichton. Mm. <laughs> I'm like halfway through it and yeah, the way he writes sci-fi is that like he does all his research and he's like, "Look, I I have to tell you what I learned." <laughs> so the characters are just like you know the, the you know the theory about uh, about the human alien paradox. It's a of course that uh, any alien that can that is not human cannot be conceived by humans. We can only think in like about a creature with a mouth or with an anus. But uh, <laughs> uh, an unconceivable <laughs> alien could truly be—that's unconceivable. <laughs> I just, just every corner he's just drop dropping one of those every chapter. <laughs> Mike, why, <laughs> why, the, why the alien buttholes, Mike? He was uh hes all about it. So, uh, yeah, I just in that same aspect here, it's like, yeah, no. Uh, what's an alien? Even the odds of an alien being a uh, human are, uh, and human compatible are not uh possible here uh the so the it's weird that you that that is a a big part of this is that the genetic component you've said this uh, i've seen this on ancient aliens before it's like you know oh yeah no egyptians they would have genetic experiments that's why you see all the the human bodies and and animal heads and it's just it's always very very uh this human genome is important to these theories
0: it's what makes the human genome so important, especially if it was created by aliens, but also the aliens want our genetic material, even though they created our genetic material. So they should theoretically know it. Well, here's the twist
1: of the book. Uh, spoiler alert for 50 years and a hundred episodes of ancient aliens. Uh, Eric. Oh, they're at like 300. <laughs> yeah. three. Oh, God. Eric posits that, uh, he basically spends a third of the book uh, talking about how it's like, all right, look, it's not crazy to think that ancient astronauts, first you have to understand, (laughs) this is uh, Snort's Coke. It's not crazy (laughs) to think. Um, Oh yeah,
0: I'm happy that I have a bong rip sound effect for this episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, so, so basically he says that ancient astronauts first you have to understand regular astronauts what are we doing right now on the moon we travel to the moon right we're going to the moon our planet our population's growing <laughs> that climate migration's going to happen we're going to run out of space we need to go to mars eventually what's to say that if we're not going to keep going places and in what what if in like you know uh, a thousand years we're going to be the ancient aliens to other people we're going to go to other planets and like, they're going to be savages and we're going to teach them. We're going to leave behind artifacts like this iron post that's in the ground that never rusts, even though it's proven to rust. And when I'm asked about this later in life, I'll say, let's forget about that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if we, we leave, they leave machines that leave tread tracks in places that are frequently traveled by ancient people with carts. <laughs> like uh, He basically says like, you know, we could be a- uh, these, Astronauts to other people. We could be other people's ancient astronauts in other worlds. Hmm. So, which I I I think is a neat way of looking at it, because suddenly you see it as this, yeah, like I said, said this this Twilight Zone episode where it's like, oh no, it's the it's people showing up to give people the tools that they need to succeed. Fucking the end of Interstellar is is what he's and Christopher Nolan agree on this kind of big twist is that we're we're passing along the torch to ourselves mm. uh, as we we grow up in different parts of the world
0: i like that theory i uh i mean as long as you're making shit up it may as well be something fun
1: yeah it's it's fun it's kind of positive it's again it's the an- the antithesis of that like you know oh aliens gave us everything that we need it's like yeah, but if those aliens are us, then we're just kind of we're just kind of helping us
0: along. I mean, that's cool. I've I mean, it sounds kind of like what I've mentioned before, I think uh not on the show because I don't remember this episode, but uh, about the gray aliens.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: How they're kind of like they look like people because they are future people.
1: Yeah, uh, you you've mentioned that before and it's uh <laughs> I I agree. It's that that's a the same type of uh, idea it's the it's the I, almost like uh, it's unfathomable to think that aliens could be so like us or like l- like all these different like types of aliens that you uncover but the fact that they are us is like oh suddenly the tech is less is easier to explain suddenly the advancements easier to explain it's like oh we're doing what they did in their time mm. yeah uh th- he lists uh at towards the end of the book all these like kind of NASA projects that are going on and stuff like that he he had he had a pretty good prediction about like the internet, which I was uh, w- was surprised by. Mm. what did he say uh, uh he said quote an astonishing idea which transferred to the new realm of technology will look something like this: in New York, a monster computer would be fed with all the known data on physics whenever <laughs> And from wherever the computer was integrated, uh, I'm sorry, whenever and from when wherever the computer was interrogated, it would give its answers in a fraction of a second. Another computer might be in Zurich with uh, the whole world of uh, medical knowledge stored inside it. One in Moscow would be stuffed with all the facts about biology. Another one in Cairo would have no gaps in its astronomical knowledge. In short, all the knowledge in the world arranged by branches would be stored in various sensors. Connected by radio, the computer in Cairo, if asked for medical information, would pass on the question to the computer in Zurich in a hundredth of a second. He's talking about the interconnectedness of, of human technology in the, you know, in the six,
0: six, late 60s, 70s, which I think is pretty neat. Yeah, that's a bit before the information age really kicked off.
1: Yeah, so he he was on the kind of right track with that. Uh, he lists NASA projects and things that he's like kind of looking forward to. Again, it it was an age of like inspiration that everyone was feeling about these uh, about these times that they lived in. I, I will say there is a moment in here about him being uh, embarrassed by uh by another professional in this field. Mm. Uh, this gave me big uh B- Bobby Morgan vibes. Mm. Uh, so he had an opportunity to talk to. Uh, this guy, Doctor von Braun, uh, who was he called the father of the Saturn rocket. Werner von Braun, uh, I think so.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. Uh, he said to him, uh, "Doctor von Braun, do you consider it possible that we shall find life on other planets in our solar system?" Which he replied, "I consider it possible that we shall come across lower life forms of life on the planet Mars. Do you consider it possible that we are not only that we are not the only intelligence in the universe?" I consider it extremely possible that not only plant and animal life, but also intelligent living creatures exist in the infinite reaches of the universe. The discovery of such life is the most fascinating and interesting task. But considering the enormous distances between our own and other solar systems and still great distances between our galaxy and other galaxies, it's doubtful whether we shall succeed in providing the existence of such forms or of life, getting in direct communication with them. And he keeps pressing. Is it conceivable that older, technically more advanced (laughs) intelligent life... Uh, have lived in our galaxy before. And and Dr. Von Braun says, Up to the present, we have no proof or indication that older, technically more advanced living beings than ourselves live or have lived in our galaxy. However, on the basis of a statistical and philosophical considerations, I am convinced of the existence of such advanced life living beings, but I must emphasize that we have no firm scientific basis for this convention. <laughs> <coughs> for this conviction? Yeah, no,
0: he's he basically gets shot down by his his idol. Aw, well, I mean that's fair. I mean, wasn't Werner von Braun wasn't he like a paperclip guy? Wasn't he a Nazi? I that's a great question. Let me. know uh, that's it. a very good. Let's check it out. I believe. Let's see if we got to cancel Werner von Braun. Werner von r- Braun.
1: Because r- r- if you cancel a Nazi, then it, uh, German American aerospace engineer and a well, space
0: architect. He was a member of the Nazi, of the
1: Nazi
0: Party, Party. <laughs> and Al SS and the leading figure in the development of rocket technology in Nazi Germany and later pioneer of rocket and space technology in the United States. Funny how that works out. Yep. Yep. Braun
1: Braun had an ambivalent and complex relationship with Nazi Germany.
0: Alright. Maybe that's better. <laughs> oh, it, they have his membership number. For the Nazis? Like, <laughs> yeah. Can you chop at Nazi Costco?
1: Like, Natsuko? <laughs> yeah. F- f- yeah he, he pulled a tab, and he got 5,700,380... Yeah, a big, a big number. Jeez.
0: Well, uh, yeah, we're not a fan. We're not necessarily... No. I'm gonna say not a fan in general. Um, but maybe he suddenly had a redemption arc. Probably not, though. I
1: I, I think telling off <laughs> Eric von Dyken might be part of the redemption arc.
0: Is it... Is it possible, as you contend?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I would put us above him, and we're doing the exact same thing right now. So, uh, we we haven't talked uh, too much about Aphrodite. Do we have more to say about the, like, uh, the gods uh, themselves? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just being echoed stories through the
0: ages of what these ancient astronauts did. Well, part of our premise here is the god of love is real and dead. So what does that indicate? Uh, uh,
1: my thoughts on that was that, oh, the god of love, the person that inspired the god of love is uh, the goddess of love, Aphrodite. or you know, walking it back, Ishtar? It uh, was a real person, was a real creature that walked among our planets. What could that person have done to inspire that kind of legend and fable and nickname?
0: Lot of space fucking.
1: Meh. And making Aphrodite <laughs> a true monster fucker.
0: Mm. Oh my God, yeah, because from her perspective, we are the monsters inside your head.
1: Exactly, we are aliens. She she landed on a planet and said, ooh, I'm gonna make a reputation here of being all about that love.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Is it possible? Uh, as ancient astronaut theories, uh, contend? As ancient astronaut theories, propose. Propose, okay. Aphrodite. What do we know about her? She has at least one form that is trans. Right? Monsterfucker. Yep. Her name starts with A.
1: Allie, are you connecting the dots here? I am the dots, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps in a Twilight Zone twist, you will travel back <laughs> Whoa. to to, the <laughs> to ancient times. <laughs> and uh and, and begin the reputation. Uh, that will uh, create the goddess Aphrodite.
0: I'm a gog again. I'm a god, <laughs> in fact. I'm a gogus.
1: G- g- the gogagov. <laughs> the
0: oh. Shit. Okay. Well, now we know how fighting monsteroid eventually ends. <laughs> yeah, we we have a canon ending for our our show. As ancient astronaut theorists contend, it might not it might not happen that way, but we won't have another idea for how to end a non-serialized show. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So all this talk of ancient Greece reminds me of one uh, point that I want to make. Yes, please. There's a uh, kind of phrase called a laconic phrase, named after Laconia, which is the region of Greece, including the city of Sparta. Mm-hmm. Sparta, which was a insane warrior culture where they raised children to be soldiers to the detriment of the rest of their society. Basically like the antebellum south, but with military instead of slaves. Um, But also they had slaves.
1: Yeah, instead of raising wheat, they raised warriors. And that's not a really good long-term plan.
0: No, no. And also, don't watch 300. It's bad. But um, the fucking ancient Persia for life. But uh, maybe that's where I'll start. Um, So Philip II of Macedon, who was Alexander the Great's father, was invading southern Greece. And uh, he turned his attention to Sparta in Laconia. And he asked menacingly whether he should come as friend or foe. The reply was, neither. Losing patience, he sent the message, if I invade Laconia, I shall turn you out. And the Spartan magistrates replied again with a single word, if. And this is a famous Laconic phrase. So it's like, yeah. is it possible, as ancient astronaut theorists believe, that this, and if that's true, and if that's true, you can kind of just respond with, if. If. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Which Philip of Macedon then proceeded to destroy most of Laconia and eject all the Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why Ancient Aliens has 16 seasons, and we can't get Squarespace to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. If. Is how it kind of goes.
0: Yeah, but yeah, you can be cute all you want. It doesn't win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're great peddlers of questions, and uh, it's it's funny. It, Those great questions
0: are what uh what paints our human picture. Yeah, through uh, the ages. Hmm. Yeah, I've described the opening credits for Ancient Aliens as just a bunch of leading questions flying through space.
1: Uh, speaking of that, is how uh that is how the Chairs of the God ends with a bunch of leading questions mm. in a chapter called Tomorrow.
0: <laughs> oh jeez.
1: Uh, I'll 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 leave that quote for the uh, the end of the show here. Mm. Uh, but let uh, first let's uh before then let's go to the final rating place.
0: Yeah, the final rating place for uh, Aphrodite, 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 the goddess of love.
1: Yeah, I look. I we do not do a lot of Greek goddess or goddesses on here, do we?
0: Uh, no, and you know what, we, I don't know if we've ever done, like, a god properly. We've done the devil, and we've done the and those are both, like, religious figures, but...
1: Yeah, punk semi-fill. Uh, yes, yeah,
0: re- you'll have to listen back to that episode to know how that's relevant, but honestly, it's real and true.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it, it's, uh... I think that's part of it. We've uh, kind of strayed from this. Well, it's, it's hard to get our kind of episode premise out of it, but tying it to this, uh, this great rich history of, of ancient aliens uh, Mm. uh, helped to help boost it for sure. Aphrodite, I think is a, uh, one of the goddess that has a lot of, uh, a lot of stories that have a lot of the same endings. Mm. Uh, But I think as a kind of God face that, as we mentioned, has, Uh, evolved and transformed over the years is very good it's definitely a if you're building a pantheon you need an aphrodite
0: that's where i come in (laughs) you're you're probably wondering how i got here yeah (laughs) (laughs) i yeah it's rare it's rare but not impossible that the monster of the week is me
1: (laughs) rare but not (laughs) Yeah, no, it, Every once in a blue moon, it goes down. It's not unheard of. It's honestly more
0: frequent than a blue moon, I think, at this point. There's been one blue moon in the past five years, I'm pretty sure, and it's happened at least three times. Yeah, right. It's me. Hi, I'm the monster. It's me. I'm trying to sing less this year. It's not going to happen. I'm not good at singing, though, still. But maybe I will be once I become Aphrodite in the past. um, I mean, I have to give myself 10 out of 10, of course. As you do. Yeah,
1: I think uh, I think Aphrodite, as a goddess, uh, it's a solid seven.
0: Thirteen out of
1: ten. <laughs> okay. Twenty out of so, ten. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you can find us on
0: our Discord page, where you can uh,
1: uh, interact with us and play various games of chance.
0: Yes. Speaking of starting the Trojan War. Discord, but I'm Tish. Yeah, but um, it's funny because I was, I was, and will have been there.
1: <laughs> uh, th- thank you for joining us for this Valentine's Day special. A little different than our usual fare.
0: Yeah, I no longer. Ab- I don't think
1: we have ever done a, a straight V Day, have
0: we? Um, uh, f- well, that's more your bag. I guess so. Having Ooh. a straight V Day sounds. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to talk about how much uh, trouble I've been having on the dating apps and stuff, but we've pretty organically, I think, I didn't plan to reach the conclusion of I am Aphrodite, and now I'm just really high on that confidence, so I'm sorry that I keep harping on this point, or lyering on uh, it, possibly.
1: That's fine. Uh, you uh, that, That's a good energy to go into the dating scene with. Fucking all right, yeah. I, I think if your dating description was, I am Aphrodite, goddess of love, <laughs> you,
0: you get some good hits. Yeah, yeah. I need a seashell.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, thank you for joining us and join us next time when uh, instead of space, we, uh, we stop exploring and uh, find something out about ourselves. And I'll end with a quote from chariots of the gods, which does end in a question mark. We should say. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Tomorrow. Where do we stand today? Will man dominate space one day? Did unknown beings from the infinite reaches of the cosmos visit the Earth in the remote past? Are unknown intelligences somewhere in the universe trying to make contact with us? Is our age, with its discoveries that are taking the future by storm, really so terrible? Should the most shattering results of research be kept secret? Will medicine and biology discover a way of restoring deep-frozen men to life? (laughs) Will men from Earth colonize new planets? Will they mate with the inhabitants they find there? Will men create a second, third, and fourth Earth? Will special robots replace surgeons one day? Will hospitals in the year 2100 be spare parts stores for defective men? Will it become possible in the distant future to prolong man's life indefinitely with artificial hearts, lungs, kidneys, etc.? Will Huxley's brave new world come true one day? In all its improbability and chilling inhumanity?
0: Ancient astronaut theorists say yes.
1: Man has a magnificent future ahead of him, a future which will far surpass his magnificent past. We need space, research, and research into the future, and the courage to tackle projects that now seem impossible. For example, the project of constant concerted research into the past, which may bring us valuable memories of the future. Memories which will then be perver- proved and which will illuminate the history of mankind for the blessing of future generations. Bibliography. Ooh.